You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about different ways that we connect with our clients. This week, we read Voice of Experience, a Not-So-Simple Question, published in Counseling Today 2021. Heather, I like the title even of this article, Voice of Experience. I thought that was kind of why I noticed it, right, and thought we should do it. But I do think it's a not-so-simple question. So some of the things that this article posed and not necessarily gave a specific answer to, but just as posing these questions. First, to email and text or not. Do you email or text with your clients? And what are some experiences you've had doing that or not doing it? I do email and text with my clients. However, I have some pretty strict boundaries around it. And it's really circumstances even around that. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, most of my clients know their first contact with me is through email. Oh, Mm-hmm. A lot of times. Sometimes it's a phone call, but mm-hmm. a lot of my clients, their first contact is an email seeking an appointment sure. or seeking something. Yeah. And so the email part is probably a little more normal than the text. Mm-hmm. Let's take a step back because I, right. I think I know the answer. But do you have an email separate from all of your own personal email? Yes. So it's an obvious, it's a work email address. Work email it sounds address. like an email. Oh, I just thought of that. I was saying, I didn't have any funny stories, to this, but this <laughs> reminds me of, I had a mom, I think she called. I was seeing two kids. She came and did an intake. I'd already met the kid. I mean, maybe it was during the intake. And I asked her specifically for an email mm-hmm. for communication. And she spelled out B-E-K-A-B-O-O-6-9 at hotmail.com. <laughs> Becca Boo 69 like, at hotmail.com. This is not a real one. And I thought, and she, but the way she, I could tell that this has happened to her before because she spelled it out in a way that it wasn't you instantly clear. Right. She was spelling out Becca mm-hmm. Boo 69. Right. But yeah, so she spelled it out for me. And then I also thought, Hotmail. Right. No, no, no. Oh, no. Time to upgrade right. and get a real email account as a grown-up mm-hmm. and use your name. Right. <laughs> this is what people do now. So, um, yeah. So, to email and text or not. Right. So, email, I would say, is pretty standard in what <laughs> I do. And you do have a work-specific yeah, work email specific, address. That's where everything goes. And actually, even from our webpage, the contact info, mm-hmm. they can fill out a form on our webpage if they want to be contacted. And that also... It turns into separate. an email. Right. It turns into an email and it's separate. Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty easy to track separate client stuff and keep it kind of contained. Okay. All of your, like, junk mail from Bed Bath & Beyond Right, it's emails. on a different email. <laughs> yeah, that's a different email address. Okay. So that's one way. But when it comes to texting, it's a little bit different. Because, one, I have young clients that are in college, and that is the way they communicate. Yes. But very tricky. So what, you ha- what I use texting for is if I have a specific client that needs a specific level of contact, but you have to really, I set a boundary. Like, this is not a session. 
Mm-hmm. If you want that kind of therapy, there are platforms out there that can give you that kind of therapy. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. That, right. I mean, the title of this article, not such an easy question, because right. you and I are talking about do we do it at all and in what way and how careful are we? And there are lots of platforms mm-hmm. out there, not only that where some counselors do this more regularly or more consistently, but entire counseling agencies or platforms where this is their main mode of communication. Right. So I do, I'm not going to say I don't text with clients, but I text with clients in regards to certain situations or certain things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just for my younger clients that I know are not going to read that uh, email that came through for an appointment reminder. But other clients, it's a like, I would never text them. I don't even, wouldn't ever Mm -hmm. cross my mind to text them. Mm -hmm. But I would say with a certain age group of clients sometimes, and then I've had clients specifically request, will you text me a reminder instead of an email? Now, I was going to say that on my electronic record keeping system, you have that choice. You can either send an email or a text message as their day before reminder. Right. But then it comes when it, when they receive that communication, it's obvious that it's not me personally. Right. It's coming from so, a platform. Right. So it's automated. Me. So they right. know if they responded, probably no one's on the other end. Right. So that I do that. Right. And I have the choice, mm-hmm. email or text message. What about, I do this and it, it causes some funny situations, but I also think it's a good boundary that I like that I hold. Right. I don't save anyone's phone number in my phone. Oh, yeah. I don't either. That's just not so, it. Probably right. yes, but not a client. Right. So if a client texts me and says, I'm running late or can we change the right. day or something like that, I always have to say, I'm sorry, I don't have this phone number ch- saved in my phone. Mm-hmm. Who is this? Right. But I like that. I like having to do that every time no. to be clear. I didn't save your phone number. Right. And I think it's really important. So in a prior counseling life, when my own personal life was a little more crazy, I did have clients' phone numbers saved in my phone, and my phone would actually ring different if it was a client mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. than it would if it was my own personal friends or family mm-hmm. or whatever, or if mm-hmm. the work exchange was calling, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I learned very quickly after, especially having children, and nowadays in cars, there's like oh, the yeah. readout that happens. First, I used to think it was funny that my daughter could tell me, Mom, a client's calling. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But also not going to answer it because we're at a play date or we're right, doing right, something. right. Which was nice to not even have to look at my phone. But it's also now with the readout in your car. If you have that client information saved and you're driving down, if you and I are in the car and we're driving to lunch and you see someone pop up and it says, Susan Smith is calling, you all of a sudden know that I'm seeing Susan Smith. Mm -hmm. I think I I already said this once. Oh, let's go back one step. Uh, We made the assumption that people use their personal phone. Oh, yes. For work calls. Mm hmm. So how do you handle that? I, I have a way that I handle it. We have a number that is the office number that mm-hmm. is forwarded to my cell phone number, but people yeah. don't know it's my cell phone number. It still has the Campbell Counseling Group right. intro. Right. Yeah, same. So I now have, there's a couple, Ring Central, Grasshopper, mm-hmm. there's a handful yeah. of others that do that where it's a electronic phone right. system. So there's a separate number, but I have it forwarded to my cell mm-hmm. phone. So, and I don't have a separate ringer, but when it comes from that number, it says it the co- yes. across the top right. and then it says the phone mm-hmm. number. So I know. It's a work Well, call. that's a work call. Right. So I say that because maybe there are supervisors out there who, like a, 
separate email. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've only got one email account. So if they're sending right. an email, they're sending it from BeccaBoo69. <laughs> Which would be hard. At Hotmail.com, <laughs> right. And the same with the phone, that if we're talking, you and I are talking about calling people from our phone, someone who doesn't have an electric phone system like we do might assume that we're making a phone call from right. a personal phone. So right. there are ways around that. Right. Side note, I had a doctor one time call me following up on a prescription for my child, mm-hmm. and they called from their cell phone number. Mm-hmm. However, it came up as their husband's name. Oh, how funny. Because I guess in whatever service, sure. AT&T or whatever. Whoever the phone, con- phone contract right. was with and not the... And the only reason I even answered that call was because I was like, there, that that, last that name. doctor's name is familiar enough that I'm going to answer it. But it was very like, that's so strange. Thankful you called me. It was a Friday night. I needed the information yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Well, oh, funny. Now I know what your husband's name is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Huh. So there are a ton of potential snafus here. Right. But if you think it through, there are definitely ways to make this more secure, more comfortable for you or your right. clients. But you do have to think it through. Next in the co- in the article, Heather, was confirmation calls, do or don't. Right. Calling do your you? client to say, you have an appointment tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I do not. I don't know if I think that's actually about technology. I think no. that's a, a different kind of limit. Right. But what do you do instead? They get a reminder anyway. Lately, I've gotten away from using my calendar for them booking their appointments. They have to book through me just because mm-hmm. of all the things that changed during COVID and my schedule that changed. But they get a reminder anyway, most of the time. They don't need a phone call. I've never had in a long time had anyone ask for a phone call. Mm-hmm. But... I definitely wouldn't want to leave a message on someone's phone. I, you'd have to be pretty indiscreet about it. Like, I don't know how I would go about mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. That not only, because I think the boundary is, am I going to hold your hand and get you to the appointment every no. single week? No. Uh, that's a lot of right. unnecessary support, I think, right. for people who can handle an outpatient well, appointment. I made that mistake, actually. When I was fairly new at therapy, mm-hmm. I had a client that I think our, the office I was in called the day before mm-hmm. and said, do an appointment tomorrow yeah. or whatever. And they, well, for whatever reason, our receptionist was out sick. She didn't call any of the clients that week or whatever. And so this person missed their appointment. And I followed up with a phone call to say, you missed your appointment today. Would you like to reschedule? Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, well, I didn't get a reminder call. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, oh. <laughs> that makes sense. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Right. What happened because here? I bet no you one asked you to. Yeah, no one told you to do that. Right. So I wonder if you're... That's my. That's why I don't right. do those specific confirmation calls. But you're right. My electronic record keeping system also Is there, sends out the right. reminder. I'm okay with that. It also makes it automated. Mm-hmm. It makes it not personal. It goes out to everybody in a systematic way. But if I had a client that needed more than that, I would think this is an, either right. an issue with boundaries or you need more help than can be given in your once a week appointment. Right. Can you think of a, a situation other than that where you might give confirmation calls? Mm. I had a client that had, and I did this maybe for three weeks for her as she was transitioning. She was in a life transition point, mm-hmm. like leaving a very comfy, money-wise situation to independent living on her own with not a lot of resources and managing just her scheduling and time with all the chaos that was it's going overwhelming. on. Yeah, and I think that I did even tell her, this will be the last time I call to remind you. And it was, I don't know, that it might have been a call that I'll Mm -hmm. call to remind you. Mm -hmm. But I knew transition was still happening. And I mean, I even verified in session that time. Okay, next week on Thursday without, you know, Mm -hmm. 
I can imagine lots of new counselors or maybe new to their setting or they have other things going on might want to call and confirm with someone because if they don't show up, I get to go home like two hours early mm-hmm. or something like right, that. Something like there's that. for some reason. It benefits the counselor. Spe- yeah, specific to the <laughs> right. counselor. Like, mm, I kind of want to call this person and double check. But I think it then it turns into the or it at least has the potential to turn into what we're talking about. You do it once because it kind of makes sense or it works right. for some reason. And then you find yourself stuck in the pattern of doing it every week. Right. So I, I don't know, it wasn't this last snowmageddon we had, but maybe four or five years ago. I always remind my clients in this in the wintertime, like we follow where my office is, is in Richardson. So we follow Richardson ISD. If they have no school, that means I probably can't get to the office. Maybe, maybe not, but yeah. follow follow that guideline. And I call the client to tell them that we're going to keep you know, just confirming cancellation. Actually, I think it went actually out through an email system because I'd canceled the day. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was very interesting that the next time it like, I mean, rained, like it wasn't even like a big, they're like, do we have counseling tonight? That was the message on my voicemail. And I was yeah. like, yes, we yeah. have, why like we a light counseling? Dri- a light drizzle. Right. <laughs> yeah, the roads. Right. Or the- yes, we definitely have counseling. And there's been times where the school districts have closed for whatever reason. And I'm like, mm, I'm still coming in. Like, yeah. I'm not canceling. Yeah. Heather, last point in our article. Well, actually, we kind of summarized this point after reading the other things in the article. Uh, Google or no Google? And when I say that, I mean, do you search your clients online? Facebook, Google, LinkedIn? I don't know. Would you ever do that? What do you think about that? So I have a funny experience, not funny, but an experience about this that made me change what I thought about it. Hmm. So I never did, never care. I want them to be a blank slate when they come in. So mm-hmm. whatever they give me is what they give me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know about their background or whatever. I want mm-hmm. whatever they show me in therapy to be what Sure, work. your experience. Right. Mm-hmm. However, a couple of years ago, a good friend of mine who's a lawyer was like, I don't like that. And I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And she said, you don't Google any of you. are working late at night and you don't Google any of your clients. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I went, no. And she's like, who else is in the office with you at night? And I was like, well, it just depends. Like, at, yeah. I don't know. Right. I mean, depends on who's working that night. Right. And she said, could you just do me a favor and like do a quick Google search to make sure there's no criminal background? And I was like, what are you talking about? That is crazy yeah. making yeah. to me. Like, I don't know. I don't even want to know. Truthfully, at the time, did not want to know. And then because we had talked about it, maybe for like the next six new clients that I'd gotten in, I'd like quick Google search their name just to kind of make sure. And one of them hit. Oh. And then I found out information that the client never told me. I mean, mm-hmm. saw the client for probably three months. Client never shared it with me. Mm-hmm. But it did make me more aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Make me more aware of what I should. I don't think I've ever used it for that purpose. But I do remember, maybe this has been five years ago now, I went to a Christmas party for the office that I worked in at the time. Mm-hmm. And in, I think just teasing each other in passing everyone was talking about situations that had happened late oh, yeah. night at the office mm-hmm. and i had not had any of those experiences there or anywhere else and felt actually very safe in that office building but i was always there late at night and they were talking about so and so has a bat behind their door and you were like whoa what yeah. <laughs> this is new and they, and so and so has a gun in her 
glove compartment in the parking lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, what? And like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And she's used her bat before. What? She's used <laughs> like, her you bat. You had necessary reasons to take a bat out? Yeah. So that definitely made right. me rethink things. I think, I don't know if I told you this. I think I, I don't know if I had it when any day when we mm-hmm. were recording. But as a result of that, I bought a piece of jewelry and they're designed for counselors. Okay. So it's a ring and in the side of the ring, there's a mm-hmm. button. And so if you make a fist with your hand, it's, it pushes the button and it will automatically dial emergency services. That's kind of fantastic. It was. Uh-oh. It looked good. <laughs> and to, so I get it. And I'm so excited because I think it looks pretty and this is going to be so helpful. And I'm trying it out. And the very first day that I used it, I called emergency services like four times oh. on myself on accident. Oh. And I also didn't know how to use it well enough. So then I was going, stop it. Stop. <laughs> stop. How do I make this stop. thing stop? <laughs> Don't. Right. No. Accident. Right. Accident. I'm like, you know, saying the words out loud like, mm-hmm. No, never mind. I'm fine. So that got returned. Yeah, that's a, it was great in theory. It, it was. Okay, but when you were saying idea. that, I really thought you were going to tell me that like it popped up some kind of like little dagger uh, or little, like, <laughs> like I can't imagine that happening either. It squirts out some right. pepper spray right of, from my hand. That'd right. be pretty like Spider-Man. Right. Well, there we go. It's our next venture. But I think... On the other side of this, I always suggest or tell clients that they should look me up. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. Uh, that that doesn't a, bother me. Right. I see a lot of teenagers. Right. And I tell them, like, haven't you Googled me? Right. That's, I'm surprised that you're a teenager and, and you haven't already that. tried to Google right. me. Right. I Go would bet it. if we surveyed, maybe not our clients are a little different. Your clients are a little younger than mine in the general population. Yeah. But I bet that we get Googled a lot. Oh, yeah. I would. I mean, I, it's my assumption that I would. Right. Yeah. What about, oh, I have an example of this. Google your clients or not Google them. I had an associate, we talked a lot about this, but she does sometimes listen, I think. She works with a really specific population mm-hmm. that she is part, she's part of this community. Okay. And she wants to, that's kind of her drive to be a counselor mm-hmm. is that she wants to serve this population that is underserved in Great. her area. Okay. And she saw she's friends with people and family, mm-hmm. the, you know, and she realized that Facebook was actually kind of useful for this purpose because she started getting referrals and she realized she didn't know that the people didn't know who were referring that actually oh. there wasn't that many degrees of separation. Got it. And so she will look someone up just to see if they have any friends in common. Got it. So she won't look at the prof. She doesn't, right, doesn't like, go into detail. Right. She's right. not scrolling through all their pictures. Right. But she just wants to know, do I have friends in common with this person? Right. More of like a sa- like a gatekeeper. Right. right. And then if she does, she talks to the person that she knows in common with mm-hmm. them. And like, I think that and she also talks to the client. Mm, this might be too close. Right. We're only one degree of separation or two degrees right. of separation. just too close. Right. Or so she maybe would find out a little more information or talk to the client again and say, you know, I might not be the right person for, for you. You know, my sister. Right. Something right. like that. So it was really useful for mm-hmm. her. The first time it happened where she had someone that was so close in re- relationship to her. I think they knew each other for a while as client and mm-hmm. counselor before they figured they it out. Noticed, they yeah. realized. And then she went, oh, I'm going to have to do something mm-hmm. more proactively to ensure that that doesn't happen. Right. Just to be aware. Mm-hmm. Just to have that. It made me think, I bet there are counselors who work in little tiny towns mm-hmm. where maybe they're the only counselor and it's a small population. Right. 
And they do more often have, well, I think that you, your kid played on my kid's team soccer team a year ago and maybe, you know, yeah, too close. Too close, stay away. Mm -hmm. Other than that, can you think of any other reasons why you might Google maybe safety, maybe? I had a client actually one time that asked me to Google something. Their family had been involved in a story that had been on the news like three years before. Like it was a big time situation, newsworthy situation. And they wanted me to know, like, they wanted me to know the story without having to regurgitate all the details. Mm -hmm. And so they had said, well, Google it. But though this news station did this article on it, and this is the one we think is the most accurate. But a lot of what they had to process in therapy had to do with that family's experience. Yeah, I can totally see that happening with a lot of my clients because they're they're so much of their lives is on social media. Right. I'm trying to imagine if I ever did that. I think the way that I might handle that is show me on your Facebook account. Right. And I've like never done whole, it on Facebook. I've only right. done it on like Google. Right. Or maybe like. <laughs> They're trying to explain to me there's this whole back and forth right. that was on their right. Instagram mm-hmm. account. And like, I mean, maybe you'd be interested me. in showing me right. like, or explain it to me and show me. Right. And then I, th- I think that would right. make sense to me or feel comfortable to me. But doing it on my own time feels a little sneaky. Mm-hmm. I had a marriage session before and I encouraged them to write to each other emails mm-hmm. instead because they're verbal communication wasn't happening and at least mm-hmm. writing makes you think things through so i had recommended that they did that <laughs> and it was really great until i had forgot to tell them do not copy me on the email i do not want to be part of this conversation <laughs> yeah so the very next week i needed to clarify like i that i'm glad y'all are doing this this is good uh-huh. but like i don't need to see it <laughs> yeah yeah so it's not as easy as you would think this question of right? how to communicate with clients there are a lot of what ifs and scenarios and I think even our quick discussion today shows you that technology is ever changing. So there might have been a time where you said, no, I will never, never answer. But a- talk to clients on my cell phone. Right. And then here we are all talking to clients on our cell phone right. because there's an advancement in technology. So right. it's a complicated question. So thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. Heather and I would love to hear how you make these decisions for yourself. And we'd also love to hear any suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear us cover. Thanks. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.